Integration with Russia continues as small cities are starting direct flights to the Black Sea Peninsula. Nord Avia Airline is launching flights between Crimea's capital Simferopol to Nizhny Kamsk in Tatarstan, Ivanova and Belgorod, which is not far away from the Ukrainian border. The airline will use Boeing 737 aircraft with a capacity of up to 135 passengers. The flights became possible after Crimea opened a brand new airport terminal in Simferopol this month. And Russia's Federal Tourism Agency has suggested launching the country's own travel fair aggregators seeking to compete with Booking.com and the likes. Ross Tourism said it will help in finding the best deals possible for touring the world. Earlier this week, the Culture Ministry instructed Russian Ross Tourism Agency to consider a proposal to ban the activities of Booking.com in the country by the 4th of June. Four points out of possible ten on the roads this hour. Driving time to and from Vnukova Airport is about one hour both ways. 50 minutes to Shremichla, 35 minutes to the city, over and out to the Mighty Akba. One hour and 20 minutes from the airport to the city centre. Weather. 25 degrees Celsius in Stockholm, 25 in Shanghai, 30 in Singapore. It is partly cloudy here in Moscow. The temperature is standing at 18 degrees Celsius. And that's it from Yule Bokova. Do stay tuned for more. Capital FM, Moscow. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. It's Wednesday night, it's the Capital Femme Studio in the beautiful Enkin Aberration Tower and it's a sad night, a very, very sad night, especially when that is the official song for the World Cup. Mr. Will Smith unfortunately put his name to it. Now it's something, <laughs> DJ Nicky stays giggling away. So in, in the course of this show, people, if you hear somebody giggling, it's not me, I do have a girlish giggle, but it's actually uh, Nicky Stay giggling away there, going red now. Uh, so yeah, that's the Will Smith, the official song. Uh, what do you reckon? Uh, about the song? About well, the song, yeah. Um, no comments. Okay, no, right. I'm, so I'm that, that means it's terrible. Yeah, because <laughs> she'll have to play this probably about 10 more times in the next two days. So no. Okay, so the end of the Champions League, it's, it, it was all over last weekend in a pretty bad way. We're going to discuss that in a couple of minutes. However, it's going to, we start again in, uh, less, well, just over a month on June 26th. The qualifiers start between all the East teams, that's the San Marie's, Maltese, and so on. Uh, so there's no rest for us, Wicked Sports Journals. Now, we're going to have a chat about the Champions League final, which was won in quite controversial and brutal, well, some would say brutal, circumstances by Real Madrid. Now, uh, OK, so we're, we'll, we'll forget, we'll try to put that uh, Will Smith song out of our mind, but we will have three of the best, well, of course, in our opinion, the uh, best World Cup official songs that have been, well, in the past, like, you know, 20-odd years, uh, starting from 1998 uh, all the way through to last year in Brazil. So, uh, so to cleanse our palates a little bit, we will we will play those songs, and uh, then you'll kind of see just what we're talking about, why uh, Nicky State doesn't have an opinion about that song. Uh, right, so we'll continue our World Cup previews by running the rule over South America. Now, we've already looked at Peru, as we know. Uh, this time, we're going to have a look at one of the favourites for the World uh, Cup here in Russia, that is Brazil. We have the award-winning, super-duper 
Irish journalist Ewan McKenna. He is based, of course, in Brazil. He'll be phoning us from Brazil to discuss this very, very shortly. We'll also have Marcos uh, Joseph Sexton. He is, well, he's, he's normally based in Spain and Portugal, but right now he's home on holidays in the beautiful county of Cork. He's going to tell us how he thinks Spain and Portugal are looking for the World Cup and also have a little chat about the Champions League final as well. And we will have the man himself, the super man hunk of uh, Danish beef, Totik Toke Tailad. He is the chief editor of Russian Football News and a very, very proud Dane. He's going to tell us just what his nation are going to do here in uh, Russia in a few, well, a couple of weeks' time. And of course, we'll have a little look at the NBA finals as they're going to start tomorrow morning, early in the morning. And we'll have a little look back at some of the international friendlies that have gone on uh, this week already. Uh, of course, Japan have just won uh, today. They, they beat, uh, oh, I have to double check on this. They have beaten blah, 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 Ghana. Or they actually they lost to Ghana 2-0. Sorry, so that's, that's a bit of a mess. Excuse me. So, sorry, Ghana, you beat Japan 2-0. We'll also have a very, very good giveaway from Katie O'Shea's on uh, Prospect Mirror. 2,000 rubles uh, worth of food and drink for uh, the lucky winner for a very, well, a, quite a straightforward question. So, if you listen in, you'll get the question. You'll get the answer. Uh, so 15 days to go before the biggest ever sports event in history kicks off and we have some very good guests as well coming in uh, of course uh, tomorrow or sorry later on this evening Russia they're going to kick off their penultimate warm up in a ground where both coach Stan Churchsoff and I worked together many many years ago over 20 years ago so I'm showing my age they're going to face an Austrian side with a lot to prove after they fell quite a way short uh, they finished uh, fourth in the group behind Wales, Ireland and uh, Serbia uh, next Wednesday of course Russia they're at home to Turkey in the VB arena but it's all about tonight for this board uh, that kicks off before we finish up so we'll give you uh, the updates before we say das Vilos. So let's start, as we will continue, on a high note by venturing south of the border to say a very good afternoon to one of the best sports writers in the world. We, we have the best guests every single time uh, on our show, folks. So, uh, Mr. Ewan McKenna, how are you doing? Flattered by the, uh, by the intro, but thank you very much. I'm doing well. That's very good. Ewan, if you could speak up a little bit into your phone, because you're so far away we could just barely hear you, but uh, you're sounding great. Is that any better? That's okay, a lot better. That's a lot better, Ewan. So listen, um, Ewan, Champions League final, we saw a, a pretty brutal and cynical uh, team win the Champions League final. Is this what we should expect from soccer? Is this what teams need to do to win from now on? I think it's probably been happening in, in soccer for a long time. Um, if you want to go back to the famous Brazil-Italy game and that the change football in the World Cup, that beautiful artistry of Brazil that ran into that kind of aggressive Italian side all those years ago and, and football took a turn after that into Italian 90 into, um, into USA 94 and I think it's almost human nature as well I mean I, I think Sergio Ramos is not a particularly nice footballer I think his red card record shows that I can't prove it but I would suggest that his tackle on Mo Salah was okay um, it's light intent put it that way well, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a kind I would of. Would also suggest that what he did to Salah was a move that is banned in judo, for instance, because of yeah. the risk of breaking someone's arm. So to do that on a on a soccer pitch is is not a great idea. Uh, but ultimately, this is why we have referees to deal with these sort of things. I've often said that uh, human nature is to cheat. Uh, be that a a 10-year-old playing a game of Monopoly if his friend goes to the toilet we've all stuck down as kids a few extra houses on the Speak for yourself you and don't don't include me in your uh, behaviour sorry (laughs) Be it with the speed limit on the road and and that goes into sport so I think there is a human nature element there and particularly when it comes to top sports people who are more alpha than any of us and will do anything to win 
So while as a spectator it ruined the final for me, I can't say I'm surprised. Well, I mean, okay, let's let, let's let's stick on that because before that, I mean, um, I've written about it before. We we spoken about it here in the show before, and I spoke about it many many times uh, about the kind of physical changes that we've seen taking place before our eyes, especially in these athletes who are you know doing a lot of cardio on a regular basis. Where suddenly they seem to to grow and so on. And and uh, you know, one of the teams like you put them under the spotlight. Well all the Spanish football and sport uh, and a couple of their players that I always have questions over Mr. C. Ronaldo Mr. G. Braille now you had a brilliant now, truly you and it was, it was I don't know how it was like verbal gymnastics how you got that into one of the you know the biggest Irish newspaper the Independent um, just tell us a little bit about that, that, that your research like tell us about what your, your view on say the uh, let's say the cleanliness of Spanish sports well, well, in terms of not even just Spanish sport, let, let's look at what we're being asked to swallow and what we're being asked to believe, because all of these things will have to be true for us to believe that Spanish football and Spanish sport is in any way clean. Uh, in terms of football, there's a long, long history of doping that a lot of people don't know about. goes right back to the famous West German World Cup win over Hungary. Uh, Ferenc Puskas thought that the Germans were doping, went into their dressing room afterwards, and they found syringes all over the stuff. You come through to the uh, 60s, the great inter-team, uh, some autobiographies of their players admitted to doping and amphetamines. Uh, the 70s, the great Ajax team, it's been mentioned. Uh, same with the Germans, Franz Beckenbauer, Harold Schumacher talked about this. You come into the 90s then, uh, you go through Marseille. Gary Neville's autobiography talked about a queue in the 98 World Cup to take pills. They didn't know what they were. Uh, the French under-21 doctor around 1998 when EPO was at its height as well alluded to the fact that he didn't think that the French senior team were clean. So we've had this long, long history of doping in soccer, no different from any other sport. Uh, and why wouldn't it be? Because the rewards are greater in soccer than any other sport, so people are obviously going to take greater risks. That's quite natural. And don't believe for a second this idea that, oh, well, you can't improve skill, you can't improve this, that, and the other. I've heard that from tennis doctors in the past, whereas you can improve endurance, you can improve recovery time, you can improve physicality, all these other variables that are very important. So then you come into uh, 2003, and it's the start of an era where Spanish club soccer and the Spanish national team start to dominate soccer in a way that hasn't been done before by even a powerhouse nation and it coincides with a guy called Eufemenio Fuentes he was a doctor uh, in cycling and other sports based in Barcelona and there was a cyclist call uh, who came out around that time and he called out this doctor and he said look this guy is blood doping in cycling it took two years for the Spanish police to investigate this and when they did uh, they found out that it was far, far more than cycling, that it was athletics, it was soccer. Um, it was across the board in Spanish sport. Uh, and we know this because a long list of cyclists have said it, and Dr. Fuentes said it himself. His uh, premises was raided. They got all these blood bags belonging to athletes he was doping across sports. And he showed up in court and he said, you know what, I can tell you every one of these athletes across all these sports, who they are, what they've done. And suddenly a Spanish judge says, no, don't do that. Uh, that will, that will ruin doctor-patient confidentiality. 
and eventually ordered that these blood bags be destroyed. Now, hold on, and hold on, uh, just just one, one second. So uh, let's just get this right for our listeners so that uh, these blood bags, we know it's like Opera Sumberto and so on. So the evidence of doping for athletes of many different sports uh, was destroyed before they could be examined and investigated, correct? It was ordered to be destroyed. That was put on hold, actually. Uh, and it wasn't in the end. The blood bags have since been handed over to WADA, but it passed the 10-year mark, which means they can't be investigated. So basically the time has passed, the statute of limitations has passed from a legal perspective. So we will never know who a lot of these guys were. What we do know is the names, the only ones that came out, were that of cyclists. Um, and Spain did an awful lot to cover up, it's like likes of Alberto Contador and stuff, uh, to cover up its cyclists they eventually came out but what we were left with then was who were these soccer players who were these athletes who were these tennis players that Fuentes has mentioned that other cyclists have said they saw coming and going from his premises uh, there was a French journalist with L'Equipe who was brought to Las Palmas to uh, Fuentes offices and he wasn't allowed to take the files with him but he reported that he saw training plans for the year for Barcelona, Real Madrid, Sevilla, Real Betis, Valencia, and Real Sociedad. Um, he was sued subsequently because he wasn't allowed to take the files, thus he couldn't back it up. He was sued by Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, for a nominal amount. But we have then this situation, why would Fuentes lie? Why would a long list of cyclists lie? Why would the Spanish sports minister of the time say we have a serious problem here? Why would a French journalist risk his career um, and just it just so happens that Real Madrid and Barcelona aren't aren't doping. And at the same time, Real Sociedad's president actually came out and said, "Yeah, we were using Fuentes. We were blood doping with this guy." Um, so it, it stinks like other sports that they catch the guy at the back of the pack, but the guys up front are just superstars. Well, I mean that that's the thing that we're 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 supposed to accept all the time, uh, you know. You and, and I mean, this, uh, just let's keep on the, the team of cycling team. So of course, um, last weekend, uh, you know, Chris Froome made an, a miraculous comeback and won the Giro d'Italia. Now, whether there's questions over uh, doping, because of course he's a very, very sickly man, just like Serena Williams, just like all these other athletes who get these TUEs, um, like very unwell and unhealthy. Like, I mean, Ewan, I'll tell you something. All those wheezy lads and lasses that were sitting on the, the bench in gym class, they should have actually gotten out and gotten some medicine because they would have actually topped in the world. You know, that's a kind of a fact now. But, um, I mean, you know, Chris won. So whether he was doping or motor doping, we, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to try and point out. But um, just moving away for just for a second to uh, you know, a, a certain one Mo. So we had Mo Salah getting brutalized in, uh, in, 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 in um, uh, Kiev last week. Uh, you had a question with Mo Farah, of course, the, the great uh, British uh, athlete and superstar. Um, do you think that with the, with the issue, we know we've had, like we have and have, we had and have issues with doping in, in Russia, but what can be done globally, do you reckon? Is there anything that can be done globally to, either, you know, to narrow it down or to, to prevent it or to reduce it? Or is it just a simple fact that people are going to cheat no matter what? Um, I, I, I don't think there is a, much of a way to solve it at the minute. Um, I think Russia, and this is not defending Russia, I think they were a scapegoat of the West as if only Russia would do this, only China would do this, only Eastern, former Eastern Bloc countries could possibly do this. The only difference was Russia's state was doing it, whereas it had been privatized out, as with society, in the likes of the states, in the likes of Britain, Germany, France, across the way. Um, 
but we see with cycling even, we see with athletics, and, and, and with soccer we're just talking, why would any business uh, sabotage its own profits, sabotage its own names? If, for example, Usain Bolt and Mo Farah, and I don't know, but if they were dirty, I'm not saying they were, mm-hmm. and that came out, that would absolutely destroy the IAAF. If Chris Froome was dirty, that would absolutely destroy the UCI. So why did they cover up Lance? Exactly the same reason, but it came out via other methods. So it, it's not in the interests of these people. It's also not in the interests of WADA, who are basically a PR arm of the International Olympic Committee. Of course. Well, I mean, look, you... you... We're going to have to. We're going to have to wrap up. You, we're, listen, your your fingers crossed. You're going to go to to Russia quite soon for the World Cup. Am I correct? I'm due to. Um, I'm waiting to find accommodation. Oh, well, listen, listen. I I have a couch, and it's it's with your name on it. Okay, I promise you that here on air. So if if if, if I don't, you can come into the studio, and uh, we'll we'll sort you out here as well. Okay. I might take you up on that. Listen, do listen, you uh, quick for for the World Cup. Who do you reckon is going to win it? Uh, I think Germany, slightly ahead of Brazil, France, and Spain, a fourth team. Okay. Listen, you. thank you so, so much. I'm sorry we just ran out of time at the end, but listen, it's fascinating. We're going to have you on again, and we're going to have you here in the studio as well. And as I said, my couch is yours. You're very kind. Pleasure. Thank you so much, Ewan. Have a good evening. Okay, so we uh, that was a wonderful one to you, Hugh McGregor, you McKenna, my goodness. So it was you, McKenna, and that was just fascinating, great always to listen to. So, uh, quick question before we go to our song and then go to the break. So, Russia play who next Wednesday here in Moscow uh, in football, of course? Is it A, Turkey, B, Ireland, or C, Zimbabwe? Plus 795 Get texting, send in your message on Viber as well, and uh, you'll get a 2,000 uh, ruble gift voucher to Cater Shays on Prospect Mira for food and drink. Okay, four years ago I was in Veronish and this song comes on. It sort of made me smile a little bit. It's okay, but it is miles better than Will Smith's nonsense, but it's still not number one. So bop to the break with Mr. Pitbull and Miss J Lo. This is We Are One Ole Ola with Pitbull and Jennifer Lopez. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Put your flags up in Tough, get going. Tough, get going. One love, love, one life, life one world. world. 
Hey, this is Becky Hayes. Listen to the BCM Radio Show every Friday on Capital FM Moscow 105.3. Every Friday at 1am on Capital FM Moscow. I like the way you do your... Слышите? Так звучит ваша новая зарплата. Москва Медиа представляет новый сезон проекта «Твоя Москва». Приходи на бесплатные мастер-классы от звезд радио, телевидения и интернета. Участвуй в конкурсе и получи официальную работу. Ждем тебя с 3 марта в Центре документального кино. Подробности на tvm.m24.ru Проект создан при финансовой поддержке Департамента средств массовой информации и рекламы города Москвы. 18+. Okay, we're back for part two of Capital Sports for tonight. Uh, so, uh, Nikki, what do you reckon? That song, was it better than Will Smith or was is, is my memory failing? My favorite is the next one, the All one right. that's going to be in this segment. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, the one's going to be in this, I, I like the last one because that's the one that kind of makes me happy. But anyway, the next one is quite cool as <laughs> you well. You saved so. the last for the best or that's the opposite, the best for the last. The best for last, exactly. I don't know, oh, it was uh, Whitney Houston, wasn't it? said like I say the best for last. Anyway. Uh, she said she's the queen of the night. <laughs> yeah, I do have a girlish giggle. That's right. Okay, so uh, we were talking about that the uh, the Champions League final uh, with uh, Ewan. So um, any complaints you can send them in directly into me, and I'll answer them. And of course, Ewan will be sleeping on my couch for the duration of the World Cup. So uh, I think my my son will be quite happy with that. Uh, right. So that question once again: Russia play who next Wednesday here in Moscow in the VB Arena? Is it Turkey? That is A. Is it B, Ireland, or C, Zimbabwe? Plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. So, again, that Champions League final, okay. The build-up began, because um, myself and Julia here were speaking about it just earlier on before we came on air. It built up with these uh, you know, international journalists looking for a bit of trouble. There was these local idiots attacking Liverpool fans, uh, and those idiots were being called Russian. They were from Siska uh, Kiev, not Siska Moscow, of course. Uh, the complaints continued over prices. How dare you, A, for host such a big, big money-making game in a third-world city? Well, that's what they were terming uh, Kiev on the BBC um, especially when they said well Wembley was idle but of course it wasn't because the English League playoffs were on and uh, then there was Russian hackers and so on and so forth so it was just kind of this like madness around football and sport which you know doesn't need, doesn't need to be there at any case so now listen we all know that happened uh, in the Champions League final itself so Loris Karius he handed the first goal to Benzema literally Sadio Mane equalised uh, uh, then the supersized Gareth Bale he scored just a simply amazing overhead goal and it was great to see Cristiano Ronaldo actually looking up on the screen instead of celebrating with Gareth the uh, happy Welshman he was looking up at the uh, screen to see just was it better than his goal earlier on in the Champions League uh, and then of course Karius he sort of fluffed uh, did a bit of a packy bonner on that uh, I was going to say Christian Bale, this Garrett Bale shot a bit later on. Uh, now, uh, so should the Champions League final be remembered just for an info war on Russia and keepers' mistakes, or should it be? Is there more to Spain than this? As Alan Partridge would have said, Alan Partridge even. So let's ask the uh, superb market correspondent, an all-round cool guy, even though if even though he is from Cork, Mr. Joseph Sexton. How are you doing, Joseph? I'm not feeling too bad. I'm enjoying this uh, insanely hot weather back in the old south. Listen, okay, so tell me, tell me, what what temperature is it right now in Cork? Uh, must be about 22, and we're at 7pm, it, it hit about 26 yesterday. 
26 yeah okay that's okay well that's not so bad because i know yesterday i was speaking with my mom she said it's plus 18 degrees and the dogs can barely walk i'm going plus 18 okay so i mean <laughs> you know yourself from down to spain and portugal it gets a little bit warmer than that so okay listen uh straight into it are spain favorites for the world cup uh, I think there's a really good case to be made for Spain being favourites. The squad is just so stacked. Now, when I look at other teams, my favourite, I mean, Brazil have a really strong first 11 and two or three additional players that can go on that can really make the difference. And look, Germany, as we saw in the Confederations Cup, as you'll be well aware last year, and the Olympics, they possibly have, uh, you know, three squads of players to pick from, but you can't put them all into 23. And when you narrow it down to 23, it doesn't seem like uh, there are a whole lot of teams that can match Spain for quality. Listen, um, who do you pick out? Because the squad, of course, is picked. Who do, who do you pick out of that Spanish squad that uh, you might make a bit of a mark on, on the World Cup? Okay, so someone... I mean, there's so many to pick from. But someone who might make a mark, especially if people who follow the Premier League, I think is Iago Aspas of Celta Vigo. Oh, nice. I think he has actually got a very decent chance of being the starting forward, which, you know, will shock people who saw how he played uh, in England. But um, he's a bit of a home bird. I think he even gets, I think he even got a bit homesick when he was in Sevilla on loan for a season. But when he's been called upon for Spain, he's been excellent. He came off the bench the bench against um, Argentina in the recent friendly a half time set up three goals and scored another in a 6-1 win so, unbelievable I mean he'd be a familiar name but I would say watch out for him Okay, well, I mean, that, that, that's interesting uh, to, to, to see that. I mean, okay, we're, we're looking now um, at Portugal. So uh, they drew 2-2, of course, on Monday evening with uh, Tunisia. Of course, I mean, you know, it's, it's a friendly, it's a friendly, it's a friendly because, of course, France beat Ireland 2-0. So um, what do you reckon? I mean, will Portugal, will they give it a bit of a rattle? Because they do have a pretty uh, tough group, you know? The group is tough. I mean, like the, the other two teams aren't weak. They're not exactly top-level teams, but... They're, they're not weak teams, they're not pushovers. Um, I was looking through the Portugal squad earlier, I heard it coming on, and um, the, the biggest, uh, I guess, disappointment from their point of view is that uh, there's no Andre Gomes, there's, uh, there's no Renato Sanchez, two players who look to have the world at their feet two years ago and just haven't kicked on. Then again, I look at the forward line, I see Nani's absent, but uh, we have Gonzalo Guedes, who's just had a fantastic season for Valencia. Uh-huh. And um, that forward line looks good. Um, it's just the one disappointment is that those two midfielders I mentioned before, they haven't quite kicked on. It hasn't worked out for whatever reason. Uh, these are players of potential, but, you know, we have guys like Bernardo Silva in that area of the pitch. Adrian Silva, who I think has uh, just joined Leicester off the back of a great season at Sporting. So, uh, this is a solid enough team. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, listen, we, I mean, of course, there's some of the players who would be uh, familiar to um, our listeners, of course, uh, like Eder and uh, someone who, who, of course, plays with uh, Lokomotiv Moscow, um, and Manuel Fernandez. Uh, okay, Eder didn't, hasn't yet made the squad, uh, but Manuel Fernandez uh, has. Now, he is just a magician, you know, 38, 32 years of age, not 38, 32 years of age. Um, do you think, will he get a run out? I mean, will he, will he end up playing? Because he has the talent, he has the ability, but it is, you know, a very, very strong side with the likes of, you know, Jean-Maria and Carvalho and Fernandez. So, I mean, can he get a place? 
Yeah, and of course, of course, we've both forgotten the likes of uh, João Moutinho, who for me is a magician. Yeah. The, the the thing with Manny Fernandez is he's one of these players who's kind of bounced around for a lot of his career, had a lot of potential, and it's. I mean, you might know better than me at the present moment, but he's never quite maybe hit the levels we might have expected, despite showing flashes of brilliance. I think he'll get a run out because. Um, uh, Fernando Santos likes to mix up his players, likes to give his players a run out. So I'm sure we can see him getting game time at some time. That, that, that's good. So listen, um, on to club football. So we'd uh, Atletico and Real. They, you know, they're both you know Madrid sides. Of course, they they ruled Europe. Yet Barcelona, they won the La Liga. Um, is there even more to come from Spanish clubs next season? Do you reckon? When you see that between the Spanish clubs have won nine out of the last ten European trophies, it becomes hard to look beyond them. I mean, Real Madrid have not always impressed in winning these last three Champions Leagues, but they seem to be an absolute machine at the same time. And let's not forget they won the one two years before that as well. Uh, They seem to have hit the sweet spot as far as winning this trophy goes. Uh, Barcelona have disappointed the last couple of years in Europe. But when you look at the sightings they're looking to bring in the summer, although you can never quite trust the Spanish and Catalan press with these things. I mean, they have ideas, you know. They have ideas about plugging the obvious gaps that they had in their team all season. So they come into play. Now, the only thing is with the Europa League, I think next season the Europa League batch of Spanish teams headed into that next season. And, of course, this season Atletico Madrid fell into it. They don't look as strong as they have in recent years. There's no obvious standout team that you would say at this moment in time, oh yeah, they're going to win the Europa League. So perhaps um, there's more of an opening for all the rest of the teams. But again, with the Champions League as well, these things are won on fine margins. I mean, Madrid had fine margins this season against Juventus. Uh, of course. You know, Neymar getting injured, the like. So uh, you never know what's going to happen in football. That's true. Listen, um, one thing you did know was going to happen because you watched the uh, Champions League final from a very, very exotic uh, location, I believe. Correct. Um, I was in downtown Los Angeles last week. I'd never been to LA before. Feeling my way around. Um, ended up in the bar where the Los Angeles Supporters Club meets. And my friend is actually the vice president of that, but she was out of the country. She got me on the list for the game, though. So I watched it in this uh, craft beer pub um, right next to the Staples Center, which some of your fans of American sports might understand. We're going to talk about that uh, there in right a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the place was absolutely mobbed. It was not maybe the best place to take in a game as a journalist, but it was a hell of an experience. Listen, uh, okay, before we let you go, who do you reckon? Who's going who's gonna to take home the World Cup trophy this year, do you reckon? Will it be one or two uh, Iberian well, sides? Um, good question. I mean, it's between three teams for me, Brazil, uh, Germany, Argentina. I have a feeling that Brazil might do it this time. Okay, that's great news. That's great news for you, you McKenna, who's just gone off the air, and a lot of Brazilian yeah. fans as well. Listen, thank you so much, Joseph Sexton. Enjoy Ireland. I am very, very jealous. Eat lots of cheese and have lots of kebabs, all right? 
Okay, take care. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you. So, that was the wonderful Joseph Sexton, of course, who writes for Marca, the biggest newspaper in Spain, I believe. Uh, right, now, we are very, very lucky, before we go to break, we are very lucky to have dropping into someone who has fed us the stats the last couple of weeks, uh, and before as well, and he will very, very quickly run us down on the NBA Finals, which leap into action, the leap is a pun, of course, into action tomorrow morning at 4am here in Moscow. So, Peter P., welcome. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, thank you for having me. Okay, so Peter, listen. Game one of the NBA Finals starting on Thursday morning, of course, tomorrow morning, uh, 4 a.m. Cleveland versus Golden State. Listen, tell us a little bit about both teams. I mean, what can I say? Uh, strong, very strong teams, uh, great rosters, uh, Warriors with uh, four All-Stars, uh, uh, absolute powerhouse starting lineup, and of course Cavaliers with... Uh, one of the probably the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. Of well, course. then people would dispute that. They would say that Michael Jordan would be the, oh, yeah, the, the greatest yeah. of all time. But I, I'll go along with you because I've seen what LeBron is doing this year and it is outstanding. So, okay. So, um, listen, uh, are, are Cleveland going for two in a row this year? Uh, th- I, actually, uh, Gol- Golden State and uh, Cavaliers have been meeting, uh, oh, they've been uh, against each other for like. It's, it's their fourth time this year, and it's honestly it's getting kind of boring. Okay, right. Okay, so all right. So you don't. Well, if you, if if you have a problem with trying to sleep, then uh, that should put you to sleep. I'm joking, of course. Listen, two very good teams, but who is the favorite? Who's the favorite to take home the title this year? I mean, uh, I'm gonna trust the bookmakers, and they say Cleveland. So I think I think they they'll, they'll have it in the bag this this season. Oh, bookmakers. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. You're getting very Irish. Okay. So, listen. Uh, first game tomorrow morning. When uh, do they tip off? And when do they play next? Uh, the game is starting at uh, 4 a.m., I believe. And the next game will be Monday again at 4 a.m. Okay, that's great. So, of course, this is best of seven. So, whoever wins four first. Um, so, will you be watching those games? Of course. Of course. I'll be tuning in and, uh, and watching all the games. Okay. Uh, quick questions, though, because I knew you'd be back with us next week. But listen, um, in terms of the World Cup, okay, what do you reckon? Who's going to win? Okay, it won't be Russia, most likely, but who, who do you tip for the World Cup? Uh, Brazil or Germany, I think. But it's, I mean... I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in our in our national team, but I don't know, I don't know. Probably Brazil or Germany. Okay, Brazil or Germany. Okay, but he'll still believe in Russia. Well, yeah. we all can believe in fairy tales. I do for sure because uh, you know, as Nikki Stay will tell us like that, like just I'm living the fairy tale dream here every single day, right, Nikki? That's right. <laughs> okay, Peter P. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week with the update in the NBA. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Okay, so uh, before we get to break, that question once again: Russia play who next Wednesday in Moscow in football in the the final warm up game before the World Cup kicks off? Of course, on in fifteen days' time on June fourteenth in the Luzhniki. Is it A. Turkey? Is it B. Ireland or C. Zimbabwe? We have had some correct answers in so far. People say, Alan, why are you putting in Zimbabwe because they're not even in the World Cup? Yes, but they could be. They were a very good team a long, long time ago. So listen, this, this next one that Nikki has said, she likes it. I, I, I do too. I think it's great. So in 1998, Ricky Martin, he was every schoolgirl's dream and lots of their older sisters and moms too kind of had a crush on him as well. He's still a very, very handsome man. So the World Cup nope. in France... It's, it's Shakira. Is it Shakira? <laughs> yes. Oh no! I've given away our final song. Right. Well, this, of course, my little boy when he was he was he was a, not even a year old. Tim, as you know, who you've met, um, when this song was on in 2010, he loved this song. He was tiny, but he used to dance. He used to love. It, he used to like clap, and he used to eat his food better. Believe me, he used to eat his food. So this probably for me is 
the the second best World Cup song of all time. The second best world, and you know which the best one was when I when I announced it a little bit later on. So the second best World Cup of all time, of course, it is Waka Waka and uh, Shakira. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Up and dust yourself off and back in the saddle. You're on the front line, everyone's watching. You know it's serious, we're getting closer. This isn't over. The pressure's off, you feel it, but you got it all. Believe it when you fold it up. Oh, oh, and if you fold it up, because this is Africa.
Okay, so this is the final segment of our show for this evening. Uh, Russia kicking off in five minutes in Austria, against Austria, of course. Uh, so just a quick rundown of some of the results that we've had already this week. Of course, as I mentioned, that Ireland have lost. They lost 2-0 on Monday. Pretty brutal game with a very experimental side. Lots of guys with their first caps and so on and so forth. But So it wasn't that bad. Um, that 2-2 draw was, uh, for Portugal was mm, kind of, well, I mean, it was disappointing for them, but still not that bad. They still, they'll, they'll live to fight another day. Uh, of course, yes, there was lots of interesting games on because Panama of course were coming here as well uh, they drew nil-nil with Northern Ireland Peru of course coming here maybe without their captain they won 2-0 against Scotland hmm, well Andy McLean could differ but like, I think it was quite a, an easy walk, walk in the park for them and uh, an interesting one Albania Albania lost 3-0 against Kosovo of course there's lots of history there because Kosovo was kind of uh, Albanian and so on and so forth or part of Albania uh, Armenia drew 1-1 with Malta and it is to Malta that we're going to go in just well Five seconds. Uh, and I know who's watching at home or watching online. You can see that I'm wearing a, 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 or a shirt here with uh, Moscow Shamrocks on it. Of course, Moscow Shamrocks this weekend are competing in the first ever Cup of Russia against Gwazia Voronezh in Gaelic football. So we're heading down um, on Friday night. It's going to be kind of an interesting weekend. Uh, not a kind of a crazy weekend or kind of like a not a Malchishnik in Vegas or a hangover. It, it might end up like that. Someone might wake up in a, an apartment with a tiger, but won't be me. Okay, so uh, we're going all the way down to sunny, sunny Malta where I have very, very many, many fond memories of sitting watching football and working with uh, Floriana Football Club. And we are going to speak with Russia Football News' Chief Editor, Tog Taylor. Tog, how are you doing? Hey, Alan, how are you? Very, very good. Listen, it's great to hear you as always, Tog. And um, how is the weather in beautiful Malta? Oh, it's uh, very sunny, as you could expect. Brilliant. Excellent. And uh, listen, how, how did you enjoy the football season in Malta? I know, uh, who, who won the league? Was it, was it uh, Slima who won the league? Yeah, um, I don't remember who won, actually. But, oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, <laughs> it's, my it's goodness. Been very, it's been very fun. Okay, yeah. that's good. Listen, very fun to watch the game. Great atmosphere and everything. Exactly. It's very, very interesting sort of football culture as well and very, very intense. So, uh, listen, straight into it. Uh, Denmark, you put lots of goals past Ireland in, the, in of course, the, the playoff qualification. Uh, France only managed two against us. So, you guys have Australia, uh, whose team consists of kangaroos, koalas and a wallaby playing in didgeridoo. So, surely you guys are going to be facing Argentina or Croatia in the second round. I, I really hope so. I mean, that's definitely the expectation. Um, going to to the, to the round of 16, that's the goal. I mean, we should be able to beat Australia and Peru, and then I guess France will win the group. Oh, you okay? You're tipping France to win the group. Okay. Uh, so, okay, you're going to play Sweden on Saturday in Stockholm. Um, you know, uh, then a week later you've got Mexico in Bromby. Uh What results are you expecting for these two friendlies? Uh, I have. High expectations for Sweden. I mean, I know they're our rivals, but they're always a, a, a country I hope and a support uh, during the big tournament. So I think Sweden will, will do well. I mean, of course, they don't have Slaven anymore, but they have a good collective and a front squad, without a doubt. Okay, you've you've just said that. I mean, of course, because of uh, the the great sort of like uh, Bosnian, you kind of like the, the the guy who got away from Bosnia. Uh, he's retired. Uh, Sweden, of course, coming here as well. So, what what do you reckon? I mean, from from those two countries, who do you think is going to go further? Uh, sorry, I, I didn't hear you there. Um, what did you say? Uh, she's like between between Sweden and uh, between Sweden and and um, and Denmark. Who who should go further? Who should go deeper into the World Cup? 
I really want to say Denmark, but I'm not that confident. I, I, I think Sweden has a higher potential than us, and as an easier group as well. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, now, um, before we, we, we continue on about uh, Denmark, I just want to ask you as well, just very, very quickly, about this Russian game tonight. So Russia, I mean, they've only, they've drawn two and lost five of the last games, uh, whereas Austria are flying. If this is a horse race, you'd be kind of, they'd be odds on favourites to win this match tonight. Uh, they've won their last five matches, albeit against the likes of Luxembourg and uh, Moldova, but they have beaten Uruguay as well. What do you reckon for this Russian team in the World Cup tournament? Uh, I think Russia will win today, actually. I think the motivation will be the big difference. Uh, Russia simply has more to play for. Austria building a new team while Russia are, are peaking right now. So I, I'm looking forward to see Russia, and, and I think they'll take the victory. Nice one. Very, very good. Uh, okay, now, the reports coming out about uh, Nicholas Bentner being injured, is that true? Yeah, it, it looks like he'll be ready for the World Cup, luckily, but uh, we had a couple of bad days where we were all worried. There were even people starting a, a petition to, to postpone the World Cup just because Bender was injured, but uh, <laughs> it looked like he'll be ready. You crazy Danes in your sense of humour, that's really good talk. <laughs> Listen now, um, in terms of the, 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 the squad, you have a pretty decent squad and there's a really good young star in the rise, Casper uh, Dahlberg. Now I've seen him play for Ajax um, and by all other reports as well, he's very, very special. Do you think, will he, will he get game time in Russia and do you think will he make an impact as well on the world stage? I'm afraid not. I'm not even sure he'll go to the World Cup. He um, he hasn't had the best season at Ajax, and he didn't really play any in the qualification. Our national team coach is very loyal to the players who got us to Russia, and Dalpa is not one of them. I think he should be happy if he just goes to Russia. Okay, well that's that's. Good. I mean, it is. I mean, he is. Well, he's 20 years of age, isn't he? Is that right? Or 20, 20 Oh yeah, he's, he's definitely the future. That's brilliant. Well, it's not that, that's good to know. Listen, finally, talk. Uh, actually, before finally, I do have one other question. Did Lokomotiv deserve to win the title this year? I think so, but they're also lucky that the rest of the top teams were quite poor this season. Okay. <laughs> See, there was a, a, a backhanded compliment that, yes, Lokomotiv deserved to win with the rest and roll. Crap. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, okay. So, listen, if the Denmark decide not to win the World Cup, who do you see going all the way to the final? Uh, hopefully Russia. Uh, but, uh, okay. I, I think Germany will take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm thinking you, you should get in out of sun, sunshine, because that sun in Malta is <laughs> getting to your head. Life under rock does that to you. Listen, Tok, thank you so, so much. Um, will you be here for the World Cup? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Okay, well, listen, you're going to be, I know you've been up with us before. You're with me, of course, in Lokomotiv as well. So next time you're up, you're going to, you'll, you, you'll, you'll take over from you and McKenna's place on my couch, and then we'll go to watch Lokomotiv together, okay? That sounds good. Thank you so much, Tok. Thank you very, very much. And that was Tok Taylor, of course, who is the chief editor for Russian Football News. One site, RussianFootballNews.com. If you want to get interesting writing, you want to get people who actually know what they're talking about and none of this nonsense of, like, you know, you know, commissioned uh, journalists who are just basically paid to write, well, kind of like uh, clickbait stuff, this is really, really good, uh, interesting information. So, uh, so, and we have landed in with us two special studio guests, one who's coming back for a second time round, so she didn't learn from the first time, which either shows that she's either very intelligent or the opposite of very intelligent. What's the opposite of very intelligent, Nikki? I'm not going to say. That's mean. Okay, that's what I mean. So I think she's just very, very intelligent. Or she's from Dublin, but she claims to be from Munster. She's wearing a lovely red dress, of course, which is uh, the Munster colours. Um, Kate Hendrick, how are you doing? I'm 
Great. How are you, Al? Very, very good indeed. Thank you. And of course, your dad is sitting beside you, of course, is the Irish consul to the Russian Federation. Outgoing. Outgoing. Yes. In every sense. In every <laughs> sense. Uh, Arthur Hendrick, how are you, Arthur? I'm very well, Alan. Thank That's you. good. So we're, we're your colour coordinator. So Arthur's in a beautiful, uh, just to describe, he's in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pink short sleeve shirt. It's very, very summery weather here, so it's good. Um, Fashion radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, uh, and I'm going to have to mention, because those of you who didn't hear her last time she was doing us there, um, uh, I think it was before New Year, before uh, around Christmas time, yeah. uh, she is working her way up the journalistic ranks in Ireland. She's She's got a terrific job lined up uh, this summer. Uh, back in Ireland when she goes home after she finished her dissertation. And, um, of course, she gave us a rundown uh, on Irish rugby when she was here last time, except she didn't quite get it right. She said that Munster were going to be very, very strong. They're going to possibly win the European Cup or the Pro 14, which is the kind of the, the league between Ireland, uh, Wales, Italy and South Africa and Scotland, of course. Uh, so who did win those two competitions? <laughs> it was Leinster. The place where you so, were born. <laughs> Yes. And the place your dad was born as well, Leinster. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm just happy it was an Irish side who, who won the, the title because they were deserving winners and from the beginning you could tell they were destined to win the, the trophy this year. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is true, because Ireland had a great year to win the Six Nations as well, uh, and the, well, the Grand Slam and Six Nations, so it's like very, very well. So, uh, okay, so you're here for a flying visit, and you can see the World Cup fever building up. So, listen, what struck you here since you've arrived uh, on Saturday in, in, in Moscow overall, in terms of, like, the World Cup uh, build-up? Yeah, there's definitely a bigger buzz um, around the city this time, more so than the last time I visited. Um, noticeably, like, in the metro stations, uh, um, on the metros, you know, the, they've, they've covered them to... Uh, Top to bottom with like stickers, you know, even on the, the 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 ground in the metro, you know, it looks like the the pitch. Um, I've noticed the flags around the place and the the countdown clock near Red Square. So there really is they're they're putting a lot of effort into making it, you know, a massive tournament. Of course, the countdown clock um, is where Arthur we were in, in in the wind and the rain a couple of weeks ago to take photos with the Moscow Shamrocks, um, and I mean. How like you've been here now for a number of years and you've seen the, the development of it. So in terms of the development of uh, Moscow itself, just Moscow, um, what have you seen the improvements uh, you know, in the infrastructure and so on getting ready for this World Cup? Definitely in the last two years there's been a lot of work done on the centre of the city. Uh, widening footpaths, putting in a lot of uh, trees and landscaping and that looks really well and then the new park of course down by the river is just fabulous yeah parks are ready of course yes, I mean where, yeah. where I mean last weekend was we were just talking about it here uh, before we come in here about the, the green marathon last week which was just wonderful when you see like people who are like you know um, especially special Olympians and uh, Paralympians taking part as well it's just uh, stunning um, so okay so okay you've just you're just over here, here from Ireland of course you're, you're finishing up your masters in, in journalism so um, back in Ireland is there a buzz about the World Cup here at the moment, there isn't, because um, unfortunately Ireland didn't make it. Um, but I, once coverage starts and like, it'll be on TV in Ireland, um, I think the buzz will will come about. And Ireland be the type of supporters who might support the underdogs in the competition. So the Irish fans might get behind the team and you know support them along the way. So hopefully, yeah, there will be a buzz. And um, yeah. and especially teams who are going to play England. So, I mean, I think the fans will go, yeah. Um, so, uh, Arthur, now, you are, can I say that you're a Lokomotiv fan? Yes, you can. Okay. So, you've been adopted by Lokomotiv, by, by, from top down, they have taken you on board and taken to their hearts. Um, 
What? What? How? How? You've been to so many games in the last year and a half, almost or two years, basically, yeah. with, with myself. And, and I mean, how have you been enjoying it? What have you seen the difference, say, from the first game you were at against Krasnodar to uh, the last games of this season when kind of Lokomotiv were chasing the title? What? What do you see the development even in the club or in around Russian football? Well, um, it was it. It was completely new. I, I didn't know what to expect the first time I arrived there, but the the thing that struck me most was the atmosphere in the in the stadium. Now, definitely this year there've been a couple of really good matches, and the one that that sticks in my mind most is uh, against CSKA back in November, I think it was. That's right, yeah. Local der- derby match, so the atmosphere that went with that. Lots of goals, four goals, two. It was a two-all two, two all draw. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, CSKA had a man sent off, yep. which kind of added to the, the, the tension of the thing. But it was, the, uh, as much as anything else, the atmosphere between the two sets of fans at opposite ends of the stadium. I saw the, uh, the fans taking off their shorts and waving. If you can just get closer in, to... In yeah. November, I thought... Are they mad? Yeah, yeah. the Cisco fans, the Cisco fans but, have, have that bit of a habit of taking their shirts off and yes. then they go blue, like kind of yeah, so. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. So, um, but so, then, in, in, like in the in, like in in the matches in April when we were expecting, you know, just win this game and you've got your title, things just I don't know apart. what happened. They fell apart for just a couple of matches and it was a bit disappointing. But they made it in the end. Exactly. So. Yeah. Hopefully, Russia are going to make it in the end as well this year. So, uh, so Kate, we're not going to let you or Arthur away without asking for us. So, um, World Cup predictions. What, what do you reckon? Who's going to go all the way and who's going to flop? I'm going to say Germany to win the, the title. Um, I wouldn't know about who's going to flop, really, because I wouldn't know. Who's He's been very really diplomatic. Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> want to say Russia. No, no, no. <laughs> she has to leave not. the country. <laughs> yeah, but definitely Germany to win, I think. Germany to win. Arthur? Um, now these two have been looking up odds before they came we, here. Yeah, I know we, that. We, we were having, having a quick look, all right. Yes, um, and I'd be more inclined to go with Spain. Oh, um, I think I think they're strong. I think that they have the the ability and the, and the players to do it. Um, although I, as Kate mentioned earlier, uh, Irish fans we like the underdogs. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if you remember two years ago, uh, Iceland in... Oh, yes. I mean, it was just amazing. The atmosphere that they generated was so good for the tournament, and I'd love to see them do really well in in the group stages. I think a lot of people would catch a dose of the... the, do the Icelandic club. <laughs> 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 it's <been> a terrible <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Sorry. So, so basically, underdogs like Iceland, of yeah, course. I'd yeah, I'd love yeah. to see them do well. That'd yeah. be very, very good. I mean, again, they play a lovely brand of football that is like, you know, tough, rough, and something that we would have grown up with and appreciate. So, uh, Kate, listen, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll see you again, hopefully, very, very soon. And thank you very, very much for being here tonight. Arthur, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna see you all weekend. And for honest, we're gonna go for a cup of Russia because, of course, Arthur is, uh, one of our committee members. So, Arthur, thank you very much. Um, Nikki, we, I know we have to wrap up so very very quickly yes. we have uh, we have a winner we have Nazar who's won he has won our 2000 ruble gift voucher for Kedrushes on Prospect Mirror which is right beside where Arthur works actually so you can even invite Arthur in for a cup of coffee right uh, so we're going to go out this has been a, a terrific show action packed show this week we've had three superb journalists on with us we have 
super guests and well Peter I don't know where Peter's gone Peter's just like happy with himself that he, he, he reckons gonna, uh, the Cavaliers are going to win he told before he ran away so we are going to go out uh, with our final song probably for me the best song of the whole lot I think Nicky would agree with me that so this was again it's from 1998 this is when the songs for the World Cup really took off because it was Carnival de Paris and so on and so forth so to play us out this week um, we have Ricky Martin Okay, what is it called, Nikki? It's The Cup of Life. The Cup of Life. So we will talk to you guys next week for a really superb show with just 15 days left to go to the World Cup. See you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. i